Hey y'all, it's Sage and Sassy. My name's Cassie and welcome to my podcast. Hey y'all, hey. So let's get into our shout outs. I just want to first say that Jesus is so dope and he's just so amazing. God is just blessing my friends left and right and they're just doing so amazing like they're just excelling and flourishing in their ministries and what god has called them to do and i'm just so excited so first we're going to start off with our very own miss leanne i absolutely love her she's like a sister to me and her conference is coming up beauty uh, beauty for ashes that's what it's called beauty for ashes um and her blog is called freedom five grace she's so amazing and her conference is coming up october 4th and 5th of this year so please 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 stay tuned and um, find her on facebook and link up with her you will not be disappointed she's just so dope and her conference is coming up so yay miss leanne i want to shout out miss k shayla she published a book this year called restoration for the soul honey child you need to get your life together if you know that you have some areas that need some deliverance honey child boo boo kitty get up into it okay Kay Shayla has this wonderful gift of wisdom and knowledge that God has just blessed her with and this book is I'm telling you it's out of this world it's amazing and I also want to shout out Mrs. C Miss Andrea St. Louis okay sis honey child I done told y'all about her podcast child whoo wisdom Wednesdays be getting my life together step into purpose Okay, within less than three minutes, I got my entire life together. I didn't even know my life was undone, but I got it together once I heard her podcast. Okay, but she also has a book out, 40 Days Lighter, and um, she's coming out with a journal. So follow her on Facebook, okay? Support my fam because I love them and God is just so amazing and he's just dope. Um, oh, if you guys see my pictures on Facebook, the Shed the Shell t-shirts, they also came from Miss Andrea. So, yes, look her up. And I also have to shout out my best friend, Mr. Aaron St. Louis. He is an amazing spoken word poet. Y'all, look him up, surplus. Look him up. You will not be disappointed. He's amazing. Okay? I just had to give a cue a quick little shout out to those who I support and I love dearly okay now let's step into it because y'all know who I'm about to shout out now Miss Ariana and Brian Stokes okay if you are not a Stokette honey please find them on iTunes okay Stoked to be the Stokes one of my favorite podcasts known to man okay they are amazing and you need to tune into them okay And I'm trying to think if I know anything else, but I think that's just about it. So let's get ready to get into what we're talking about today. So, um, well, let me put a couple of disclaimers, okay? Number one, I am not a therapist. Number two, these are solely my thoughts, my epiphanies, and my revelations that Jesus gives me, okay? I don't have no licenses. Don't take honey. If the Holy Spirit tell you don't listen, don't listen, (laughs) okay? Don't be coming after me. Um, and number three, these are all my personal, well, I mean, obviously you can tell because you listen, but these are my personal experiences. You know, these are things that I go through. Nobody is the same. You might deal with your things differently than I do. And praise God for that because that's what makes us so unique in the body of Christ. But I do want to put those disclaimers out there, um, (coughs) before we talk, um, about our topics, excuse me. Don't try to snatch my voice. Use a lie. Bind ya. Bind ya. 
oh um also um i want to give a shout out to all those who have continued to support me i have reached a average of about 25 people per episode which is amazing thank you so much especially because um you guys are just consistent in supporting me i'm just so so thankful the goal is to hopefully get to well no the goal is to get to 50 people per episode listening so that i can start selling some merchandise so get ready for your saved and sassy t-shirts and um apparel and all types of good stuff um i also am going to start um well we have a facebook page um saved and sassy where i publish um most of the episodes but um i had a a listener advise us to start an email so there should be saved and sassy at gmail.com where you guys can send in um advice such as topics or things that you guys want to talk about um just to sort of build a community because uh, sometimes the topics get a little heavy and you guys just really want to talk about them i've been getting some really beautiful messages i just want to say i thank you so much for being so transparent with me because trust me this podcast is not as easy as it sounds and i know i'm joking and i'm laughing but god definitely has to do a work within me because this is you know vulnerable sensitive transparent information that honestly I don't be knowing I'm gonna share until it's time for me to talk and it's like okay God I guess we'll just put it out there so I'm just so 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 thankful but that's what we're going to do so I'm excited for that but um today's topic child you don't want a husband you don't want a man you want a body yep I said it you don't want a husband you want a body (laughs) all right let's get ready to get into this okay child honey honey let me tell you how the holy spirit got me together okay gathered me together so much so that it's literally 2 18 in the morning and i am recording child because i could not go to sleep on this Oh, shout out to Kendra. Kendra, I love you. Thank you for your support. And Tanisha. Okay, back to what I was saying. Child, honey. Okay, this is the thing I love about having a relationship with Christ. Is like the Holy Spirit will literally talk you through any and everything. Okay, so my girl had posted something on Facebook talking about love languages, right? So I was like, um, what are my love languages? And my top one, there's five. So my first one was... uh quality time i think the second was words of affirmation third one was acts of service and then it was physical touch and gifts right so um i just began to ponder on those things and it was so interesting because i was kind of like um you know i kind of just started thinking about that like oh you know i love to spend quality time with people so i start to like think like why number one why is physical touch and gifts my last two things <laughs> okay and um just you know why do i think the way that i think you know when it comes to love and things like that right so i'm taking this mental journey with the holy spirit of course and he just begins to remind me so the thing is is that i would always or i have always thought to associate my um love languages with things that I grew up with but the truth of the matter is is that I didn't really grow up with a lot of quality time and um at least when I was younger my mom did we did a lot of family vacations but after like the age of eight I don't remember us really being tight-knit except for the fact that we were with each other but we weren't really tight-knit if that makes any sense so the way that 
her and my my mom and my dad showed love were to make sure that we were secure as far as like provision so when I'm in relationships excuse me relationships with people if I feel secure then that to me was like the bare minimum you know what I mean like all right cool like he provides like I'm good but as you grow up you begin to realize like that's not enough but it was interesting because gifts and um Physical touch were my last ones. And usually people show you um, financial security by buying things. And I was like, nah, bruh, I'm good. I'm good. So I was just like, mm, God, that's interesting. So I found out that my um, love languages happened to be things that I didn't get in my home as a child. So that quality time, that um, words of affirmation, the acts of service, those are things that I desired. So I was like, okay, God, that's interesting. So, you know, continuing on through like this mental journey. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. So then I started to wonder about, um, you know, physical touch. Now, the thing is, um, well, you guys have heard my testimony in um, other podcasts. And as podcasts, as podcasts come up, you will continue to hear more. But um, something about me is like, I've always been a girl's girl. I've never been um, a girl to have a lot of guy friends. Like I can literally name all the guy friends that I've had in my entire life that I would consider friends and they fit on one hand. And then out of those people who really know me um, without like trying to make advances to get with me, uh, nah, bro. There's not too many until very recently, which is why I thank God for my best friend. He, my, my, let, let me tell you about platonic friendships. Okay. <laughs> They'll change your life. Platonic friendships will change your life. And I didn't understand the benefit of that until I got a, a platonic friendship. And I was like, God, I thank God for my friend. I thank God for my friend. I do. I do. Okay. But okay. Back to the topic on hand. So, um, what was I saying about physical touch? So, um, oh yes. So as long as I was in a platonic friendship, I could be touchy feely. I could hug. I could, you know, um, hold hands. You know, we sit on the couch together. I could, you know, drape my leg across them, you know, just being really friendly. As long as I'm comfortable in knowing that you don't want anything from me. I could be that affectionate, huggy, lovey-dovey type. Now, of course, within, like, you know, um, reason and with standards and boundaries, of course, because I never want to make anybody else think that we're in a relationship. And I also don't, you know, my best friend's trying to, you know, check for a girl. I also don't want her to feel like you're with somebody because that's not the case. So, of course, we make it very clear. But, like, I have no problem being up underneath friends that I know for a fact have no feelings for me and I know for a fact that the relationship is platonic. I hope that makes sense. Um, but what I found, interestingly enough, is that people who I was in relationship with, I could not do it. And it's so funny because I remember a time that I was texting um, Kendra, my sister, and I was dating this guy and he was big into affection. He was big into physical touch. And I just was, I was over a child. Boy wanted to hold my hand. I was like, why you got to hold my hand? He wanted to make out all the time. I was like, why his tongue got to, oh, I'm delivered. So y'all don't get to judge me. (laughs) This is before, (laughs) this is my podcast. I can say what I want to say, okay? You know, I was just like, he just wanted to do all these extra things. And I just was like, I'm not with it. But in my mind at that time, 
I was just saying it was because he had come from a lifestyle. Now that I think about it, now I can see that I was being selfish and not really compromise. Well, you don't compromise on certain things, but like I can see how I was just being um, stuck in me and not considering him because to me back in the day, I was just interpreting as you're used to girls doing X, Y, and Z and I'm not doing that. And this is the standard that I hold for me. So boy, bye. (laughs) Bye Lance. What's up? Go home, Roger. Nobody is thinking about you. And I was just real trifling that stage. And I just thank God for deliverance and growth. But what I'm saying is, is that when I was in relationship with people, I could not take physical touch. I thought it was extreme. I was okay with the phone calls. I was okay with you being in my presence and we're sitting down and we're watching TV together, like next to each other. But I didn't necessarily need your arm to be around me. I didn't necessarily need to be hugged up underneath you. Um, You know, if we're walking in the mall, I didn't need to be holding your hand. You know, that, you know, that cute, like hitting on the butt or, you know, that cupping of the face. Oh my child, I would like die die on the inside and a lot of stuff I ended up doing to make him happy because I knew that that was something that he desired um and I already knew that I wasn't sleeping with him and at that stage of my life I kind of was like girl you already not giving the boy no cheeks like you gotta at least you know help the boy out somehow so I gave in to like you know I mean and now that I think about it like since I wasn't like you know doing nothing under the underhanded I was literally like holding his hand <laughs> I'm telling you something the Holy Spirit is funny he'll let you see how much you've grown I thank God for deliverance Whew. okay let's get to the bottom of this or the point of this <laughs> but I'm saying that to say I had to think about why physical touch in a relationship was wrong So a friend of mine had revealed that um, physical touch was one of her love languages, right? And she said, you would never think it. And I was like, no, I wouldn't say that because I remember when she was in a relationship with somebody that she was always underneath them or she was always huggy, 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 huggy. I want to say lovey-dovey. That's the word I'm looking for. Lovey-dovey, you know, um, affectionate and all that good stuff. But in my mind, I had always associated physical touch with a sexual relationship because in my life because my parents weren't together I never saw what a what a healthy relationship looked like so I only had the influences of tv and when I was addicted to pornography at a young age I was like eight years old I think when I was addicted to pornography and then I had that had opened up the door to me reading like Zane and Eric Jerome Dickey and all these erotica like books like by the time I was in middle school I pretty much read all the hood books in the section of the library because you know they got a, a, a urban section I had read most of Zane books. I had read every Eric Jerome Dickey book. I had read every Omar Tyree book. Like I, my mind was very, um, I would say now I could say perverse, but I, but that's not the word for this. Um, uh, very, I want to say imaginative, imaginative. It's two something in the morning. You guys don't get to judge me, but I would just say very advanced, I guess, in, um, sexual, uh, encounters, I guess I would say more so than I could understand it. So I knew what sexual encounters looked like, but I couldn't grasp 
what it felt like, if that makes sense. Like, it's like, you know what, um, you know what a building looks like, but you don't know how to build it to get to where it's at. I don't know how to explain it, but hopefully that you guys are following my thought process. So I had always connected, like I said, physical touch with a sexual relationship. So when I was in relationships, because church culture had taught me that sex is bad. Sex equal sex outside of marriage equals hell. Forget about the other sins, okay, that we commit daily. In my mind, because I was coached that way because of the culture, church culture, sex is bad. Sex equals hell. So now I'm mature enough to understand that sex within the confines of marriage is is beautiful. I mean, sex outside of marriage is beautiful. It's just not God's will. Hence, we have, you know, people don't just fall into fornication just because it's an evil thing. You know what I mean? Like they fall in fornication because it's obviously something that they enjoy, but it's also a stronghold. It's not in the will of God. Follow me. I bless you. So I was like, wow, God, that's really interesting. So then I had to go back to, well, then what do I define love as? And this is interesting because something me, my best friend is teaching me how to do is be very vulnerable. And um, because my dad, although he was in my life, was very absent, I did not know how to cultivate relationships with men that I um, didn't think had to end in sexual relationships or sexual sin. So I didn't even cultivate them. And then um, by the time I was able to get to a point where I felt confident enough to do such, it always seemed like guys were hitting on me. So then it was kind of like, don't hit on me, be my friend. Or they were trying to be my friend in order to hit on me. Stop wanting me. I don't want me. Okay. I'm not even at a place to love myself. I can't love you. Like I'm not even a place to think that I'm attractive. Boy, stop thinking I'm attractive. It makes me uncomfortable. So um, it wasn't until, honestly, and let's be real, if I can be real, real honest with myself, it wasn't until maybe a year ago where I was able to, no, it wasn't until I went to, started going to OD, our journey, um, and started getting my life together. And I tell you something about black men who have a, uh, desire to restore black women without, uh, wanting something from them. Absolutely love them. I can give a lot of credit to Justin, Kumar, Zeph, and Omari because they definitely helped build me up and it gave me a different perspective about who I was as a woman, as a black woman, but um, just a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, I'm, I'm getting off on the tangent. I'm coming back. I'm sorry. <coughs> so <coughs> I didn't know how to cultivate relationships with men, right? So every time that I thought that a guy was trying to talk to me, whether he was, whether he had intentions of being my friend or not, I just automatically thought this is going to try, he's going to try to get with me. I don't need to do this. I did that. And it wasn't until I met my new best friend where honestly, he just was like, I just want to be your friend. Never once made me feel uncomfortable. Never once tried to advance on me. Never once. And he just took his time to get to know me. And I was just like, my best friend's my safe place. Absolutely love him. Adore him. Um, he's teaching me how to be vulnerable. And um, something that I ended up learning about myself is that I did not know how to be vulnerable without attaching intimate emotions to somebody. I reserved my vulnerable 
feelings, emotions, thoughts, desires, goals, ambitions for somebody who or for any person that I was in relationship with because I felt like that would be the only person that I'm supposed to share that with, right? But then I didn't know how to cultivate any other relationship because that's what you talk about. When I'm with my girls, it's nothing. Like, I don't, girl, what you thinking about? What you gonna do five years from now? It's easy. Conversation flows off. But when it comes to a guy, I'm just like, um, I don't know if I can talk about that. Like, I feel like I'm betraying my future husband and God is kind of like, sis, that's like backwards. (laughs) Okay, what is going on with you? So I really had to go back to what my definition of love was at my core. And what I found out is that through all this enlightenment, through all of this, you know, finding who I am and, you know, getting all this knowledge, I found out that a lot of my core values, as much as I profess the name of Christ, they don't necessarily reflect his word. And I be professing that Christ is my anchor, that his word is my anchor. And... My definition of love before I did this study, before the Holy Spirit arrested me, child, I would have been like, love, love. I couldn't even tell you now. I don't got the word at me. So now I'm about to start speaking the word. But I would have said like, love is when you can look at somebody and know what they've done and still love them in spite of, you know, love has limits because I will cut my love off in a minute, but that's not really what love is is so I had to go back to the word because honestly at the end of the day we could say whatever we want we could have all these epiphanies we can have all these revelations but we have to take it back to the word of God because the word of God is our anchor it's supposed to be okay the word of God upon this rock I should build my house I mean our church mm, Jesus sorry Lord I'm tired <laughs> upon this rock I shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it the rock is the word of God So we always have to balance things out with the word of God. So I went back and I started to look up the definitions um, for love and then for marriage, right? Because the first thing that came to my mind automatically was, you know, um, husbands love your wives as Christ has loved the church, right? So I was like, ooh, that's a word, that's a word. But then, you know, I'm learning to read the scripture before and the scripture after because you can't be caught up in revelations and you're behind ain't reading not a thing. And, um... These scriptures be deep, child. These scriptures be deep. And the scripture said something about, hold on, let me get this right. So we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 33. Child, I'm not going to read it all, but I'm just going to read the parts that pertain to this study, but I advise you to go back and read them all. So it says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. So number one, I was like, ooh, red flags, honey, chunny, if you're looking for a wife and you see that her relationship with Christ is not on par, you should not be looking at her, okay? If she can't submit to Jesus, how is she going to submit to you? If she's consistently, we all have struggles, Okay, we all have sometimes problems yielding to the consistent yes that God is asking us to. But if you can consistently see sis bucking against the Holy Spirit, bucking against God and what he said over her life, leave that girl alone. OK, 
Okay? She ain't submitting to God. How she gonna submit to you? That's all I'm saying. That's a red flag that men should look out. And then it says, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Sis, if you know that your behind is not going to submit to God, if you know that you have a problem forgiving when God says to go to that person, and although you're right to give up your right to be right to restore this relationship, if you know that if God tells you to give an offering that's bigger than what you have the faith to give, and you not going to give it, if you know, <laughs> okay, you got to know yourself that you are not willing to submit to God in every area of your life, big or small. Not like you be struggling, like, God, I'm trying to do better. But like, if you know that you struggle with rebellion, like, God, I'm not doing that, Okay. I'll take the title of Christianity without the uh, without the obedience and the submission for 200 Alex. Um being a wife might not be for you. At least not having a godly marriage. I'm just saying. This is the word. This ain't me. Cuz it says for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church his body of which he is the savior. Now if the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Honey, husband, wife, okay, boyfriend, girlfriend, those who are seeking partners, you should be checking out the church that this person that you're interested in is attending and seeing if the church itself is submitting itself to Christ. If they ain't no oil and the spirit ain't moving, I'm trying to understand how y'all gonna, how you teaching women to come, not teaching, I, I hate when people say that, how you are influencing your men and women of God to be great husbands and wives to men and women of God. And y'all as a whole ain't submitting to the will of God. Cause ain't no fire, ain't no oil, ain't no spirit. Okay. The rivers ain't flowing. The water is barren. Uh-uh. Something ain't right. So again, red flag for men. If you see a, a woman that you think is, you know, the one and you see that she can't submit to Christ in every area of her life, or she's not, willing to submit to christ consistently that's a red flag wives or those who are aspiring to be wise if you know in your hearts of hearts that you have a trouble a struggle a strong unction where it's borderline if not rebellion against christ's will for your life because you refuse to submit your will and lay down your life marriage might not be the route for you sis be real with you be real with yours in both of y'all Y'all need to look at the churches that these people are under to see if their church itself is submitted to the will of God because they have to. That's the culture of your church. Your church raises raises up people. I'm just saying the word. My observations. I'm not a scholar, though. Don't take my word for it, child. That's the Holy Spirit. Test the spirit by the spirit. But let's get down to um, 25. It says, <clears throat> husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I said, well, this is beautiful. That's right, honey. You gonna love me, okay? Christ gave up everything for the church. Christ gave up his life, okay? He was murdered, okay, for for the body of Christ. You gonna love on me, okay? Rain or shine. Go on to 26, it says, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Again, this applies for those of you who are looking for men of God. 
um, according to this word. Just saying. It says to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Honey, if he don't know the word, how is he washing you? Red flag. Just saying. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. And in this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And it goes on and on. So we pretty much get the gist here, right? So those are just a couple of red flags that I picked up reading this. And I was like, ooh, spirit, you got me. You got me, right? So then I came across. So I was like, okay, well, you know, God, this is cool. Like, this is cute and whatever. Um, you know, I'm going to work on my submission because clearly, uh, I need to get my life together. And then I was like, well, God, well, what is love? Let's just talk about that. Let's, let's, let's talk about love because clearly I'm missing the mark. And then I got even more upset because the thing is, is like, I've been angry with God. I have seasons of my life where I was angry with God because I felt like, God, I'm 28. You know, I'm not perfect. I know that I have issues. I don't have it all together. I'm with it. You know, I get it. But where my husband though? <laughs> like, am I going to have kids before 35? Because I'm trying not to be 50 with a five-year-old I'm just saying like I'm not trying to be funny like I'm trying to enjoy my kids and my grandkids and the way that the world is going I'm gonna have to be a vegan in order to do that to have you know I'm gonna have to be straight up alkaline the way time is going okay I don't want my ovaries to be you know powdery I'm trying to have fresh eggs God you know what I mean and I'm just being honest with you because I can and it's my podcast but no seriously these are things that I have thought with God on in my personal prayer closet like God when is it going to be my time like I'm faithful to you I serve you I know I'm not perfect I know I'm not the best but I'm really trying to live righteously for you and you said you know seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will happen onto you well his righteousness maybe I wasn't seeking his righteousness and all these things will be added onto you but or like you know you'll give me the desires of my heart god I desire to be married I desire to have children I desire to not come home to my roommates every night I desire to not come home to an empty bed like some days I just want to be booed up not necessarily for sexual advances because if you know my testimony you know that's gonna work in itself but like I just don't want to be home by myself. Sometimes you just want to cuddle up, okay? Sometimes you just want somebody to take you out to eat and not just be a date, but know that you're going home together. You know, sometimes you just want your back rubbed at 2 o'clock in the morning because you can't go to sleep. You ever get hungry and your stomach be growling or you overeat and your stomach be growling and somebody just rub your stomach? Like, I'm tired of rubbing my own tummy, Jesus. When, when love going to find me? And then he brought me back to that conversation that we had about two minutes before that (laughs) which was what is your definition of love because the scriptures I just read said husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church do you really know how much Christ loved the church he loved it so much that he gave his life for it and the thing is in my mind I've always been one to say, I never want to do for somebody 
that won't do the same for me. Or I never want to treat somebody some way that I wouldn't want them to treat me. But I really had to check myself to say, am I worthy of a man's love like that? I know I'm worthy of Christ's love. I know. Because he gives it to me freely. But I had to have like, I want to say like a come to Jesus moment. But I had to really, um, maybe worthy is not the right word. Because you're worthy of love. You're worthy of it. But I had to really check myself to say like, am I living up to a standard where I can um, effectively and efficiently or um, handle carefully a love like that a sacred love like that where he would lay his life down for me you know what I mean that's sacred so I had to go back and say well God what is love and he brought me down to first Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 through 8 love is patient love is kind that's the one I know off rip because you know I go to enough weddings it does not envy It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails and as I read it I had to read it again and I had to read it again and then I had to repent because I was saying God like I'm crying and mad and shedding tears and being angry and just you know showing my tail spiritually and emotionally towards you And the fact is, I don't even hold myself up to those standards. Love is patient. I'll rock with that. I can be patient. Love is kind. I'm a pretty nice person. I'm very kind. Does not envy. Who you texting? Why are you spending more time over there than over here? Why it seem like you always out? Why are you always liking pictures? It does not boast. I'm not really a boaster, so I was like, ah, I could slide by that, you know. Mm, I'm not really big into boasting. It is not proud. Chow, I used to tell my friends all the time, the day I get engaged, y'all will see this rock, <laughs> okay? Every picture I take, my husband, my fiance, my man. Oh, maybe that's boastful. Chow, I lied. See, look at that. You just, you just, I'm just showing myself. It is not proud. That means... I'm not too proud to humble myself. I'm not too proud to reserve my right to be right. I'm not too proud. Oh, wow, God. Lord Jesus, help me to live by the standards of your love so that I can attract the godly love in somebody else and the man that you have placed out for me. My God. It does not dishonor others. That means I'm not disrespectful. That means my mouth sometimes has to be shut when I know that it can cut somebody up. 
cut somebody up. It is not self-seeking, which means I won't manipulate him to do what I want him to do because I know that my way is better. And I know what to say to make him do what I want him to do. It is not easily angered, which means I won't manipulate my emotions to make sure that he does what I want him to do because he doesn't want to hear my mouth. It keeps no records of wrongs, which means that that filing cabinet that I have in my mind to remember or to remind him of when he didn't put those dishes up so that that one time that he does put the dishes up, I can remind him of the 17 17 million times that he did not put those dishes up. So why you want a round of applause? Because I do the dishes all the time and, you know, just not keeping a record of wrong. (laughs) Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. With the truth. With the truth. Bae. Do I look good in this dress? Actually sis. I'm not feeling that outfit. <laughs> like. It always protects. It always protects. Which means I don't expose him at his weakest. Which means even though we fight and we fuss and I be wanting to tear him up that I run to God in my prayer closet before I run to my friends so I don't expose him because I'm protecting him. And that I call on my prayer warriors if it gets too big because it's led by the Holy Spirit because I want to protect him and protect my marriage so that he doesn't feel like he can't trust me. With his secret place. Can you be his secret place? Always trust. That means I don't jump to conclusions. Because of my own insecurities. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Which means even when we hit the rough patches. We in it to win it. Boy. (laughs) Okay. Love never fails. Love covers a multitude of sin. Do everything in love. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Can I make him feel like he can come to me with his darkest moments and not feel the wrath of my judgment? Because of the shoulda, coulda, wouldas that he knows that he should have done. Am I holding myself up to the same standards of love that the Bible requires him to be for me? And child, just then I said, God, I don't want no husband. I just want a body, clearly. Because I'm not even preparing myself to handle Somebody who has a love for me like this. I don't ever in my life want to abuse and misuse somebody who has a pure love like this for me. To be honest, that was one of my first prayers when I, not when I first got saved, because I got saved when I was 13. But when I started getting interested in dating and marriage and all that good stuff, that was one of my first sincere prayers to God. Like, God, please don't ever let me get a good man and tear him up because I didn't do the work. Because in my family, I had seen the generational curses of divorces. 
I had seen single moms. I had seen, you know, children out of wedlock. And I just was determined to not be that person. Like, I'll tell you in a minute, I'll be the fine, rich auntie before I be the woman at the daggone cookout cussing out her husband. And everybody just looking like, oh, that's just cast. That's just what she do. That's a lie. That's a lie. Can I let my husband lead and not be offended when I feel like we should go left and God tells him that he's going, he should go right. Can I submit myself even though I feel like in my heart of hearts that it really is left. And he takes the decision says, honey, honestly, I got to take the lead on this or as the lead on this, we're going to go right. And can I submit myself that even when it doesn't look like it should have been right. Can I submit myself and say, well, okay, I trust you. And just praying through. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I discovered I'm not ready. Or maybe this is God showing me how, because I'm willing to have this conversation with myself and with the Holy Spirit in him to really gather my thoughts and change my perspective on marriage, that I am starting to become ready. Now, of course, this is, you know, Bible-led, of course. And, you know, I understand that marriages are not perfect. I get that. Completely understand. We do not live in this utopia-like land where everything, you know, works perfectly. But there are some guidelines in the Bible. There's words in the Bible that we should live by. And if this is what a godly marriage is supposed to look like, this is what we strive for. So, sis... Do you want a husband or do you want affection, quality time, gifts, all that without the work of a marriage? Hey, bruh, do you just want a beautiful face, physical touch, gifts, time, affection, acts of services without having to do the work to make your commitment of marriage work? Because marriage is work. Marriage is a ministry. It takes work. It takes forgiveness. Child. Constant. Well, I wouldn't know, child, because I ain't married. Don't let me lie on nobody. But wisdom shows. <laughs> it takes forgiveness. It takes love. It takes prayer. If you don't got a person, I wouldn't advise anybody to get married if you don't have a personal prayer closet. If you don't know what the need ministry is. Okay, going before God on the knees, child. I wouldn't advise it because I know prayer is definitely what kept, uh, well, a couple of the five marriages my family did last. (laughs) But I break that generational curse right now in the name of Jesus. Every marriage coming out of my lineage from hence on forth shall be sustained in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But that's where I am today. Like, I had to take a self-reflection And I'm into cultivating relationships with males that don't have that stigma of every man wants to talk to you because they want to get with you. You know, I mean, in this generation, it's actually kind of different because men, you know, it's just different. But, (laughs) you know, praise be to God. There are some good ones out there. Okay, there are some good ones out there. And um, I'm just learning to really hold myself to a higher standard as far as the love that I give out because I can't be asking nobody you know God for no man of God to you know love me as Christ loved the church and my behind 
ain't trying to submit as the church should be submitted to God. Can't work like that. And I can't be, you know, looking for love and I'm not living to the standard of love that the Bible clearly gives us. Long suffering, child. I'll be quick to throw in the towel. I'm like, boy, you... You you rising and you got my temperature going, especially because, you know, nobody gets under your skin like, like people that you love, you know, and then like you living together, you might have kids, you know, you just be annoyed. Like, just imagine like for me, like I'm just imagining, you know, you get married, you move in, you know, you have a whole new life that you're bringing together and then they get under your skin and you just be like, you get on my nerves. Like you really be getting on my nerves. And then they just like little stuff just be building up. And because I don't want to do what God told me to do, which is to forgive quickly. I don't want to, you know, I, I want to be prideful. You know, I just want to be puffed up and I don't want to deal with stuff. And I'm letting the sun go down on my breath because I don't care because I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And God is just like, sis, who's getting the glory out of this marriage, sis? Because I'm not. And I'm then all of a sudden stuff go left and I'm talking something. Let God, what God put together, let no man tear asunder. He like, ain't no man tearing apart. You is. <laughs> Sis? Can't nobody get under your skin like somebody that you love and you be ready to beat, beat, box them. I don't, mm-mm, mm-mm. And I'm one of those people, I don't like to get upset. I'm one of those people that I just have to say what I have to say and then I'm literally done. After we have an argument, five minutes later, five minutes, five seconds later, I'm pretty much good because I said what I had to say. But you know those 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 topics that be so sensitive and they just be heat going and you just be like, ooh, I feel my I feel my I feel my help. I feel my help coming on. I feel my, my old self rising. That old man, he's starting to rise. And then, you know, you be trying to fight. I just I just don't want to get there. You know what I mean? But God is just so faithful and he's so kind because I be trying to be box people like I've been fighting all my life and I ain't fought since 62. Sit down. I bind you. I bind you. But yes, this podcast was just really to really open up my eyes to, sis, I don't think I want a husband yet. I think I would like the idea of a husband, but I'm not ready to do the work or I'm starting to do the work to get a husband. Does that make sense? Or prepare for a husband, not get a husband, child. Man, who finds a wife finds a good thing? You're going to look for me, okay? But when you look for me, I don't want to be busted up. I want to be ready or when you find me. So I just wanted to share this with you guys because I'm very much, very big on being self-aware and I'm very much... Um, this movement of really breaking down um, church culture and really getting back to what the word of God says and breaking off those social societal norms and really getting back to what the word of God says. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. I love you guys. Oh, let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor because you are the true King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father God, I thank you for every person that's listening to this podcast. I ask you to cover them with your special grace and power and loving kindness. I ask you, oh God, to continue to build them up. God, those, oh God, who are seeking to be married, oh God, those who are seeking, um, a, uh, well, to be married, pretty much, seeking a spouse, who are speaking, who are seeking to find their loved ones. I ask you, oh God, to give them wisdom and discernment, but God, I ask 
ask you, oh God, to continue to help them to raise up the standard of love in their lives. First of all, God, let them find love in you and find wholeness and security in who they are in you so that there's not two halves coming together to become whole, but they're two wholes, oh God, coming together as one so they can be able to operate in the ministries, God, that you have given them individually, but God, come together strongly as a ministry that you place them together. I thank you for what you're doing in marriage. I thank you for how you're restoring. And I think, oh God, how you're bringing marriages together. I thank you for godly marriages, oh God. Marriages that don't um, show reflection of the world, but God, marriages that stand on the word of God. So those, oh God, who are seeking out as they listen, let them take in the gems, oh God that were dropped by the Holy Spirit. Convict the hearts of those who need to be convicted. God, let us be, oh God, challenged by your word to do better, to strive better, God, and to attract better, God, because we are doing better. Help us to work our own gardens, God, so that we can flourish. Now, be worried about what um, anybody else is doing. God, be worried about what you are doing for us in our season. Continue to prune us, continue to grow us, continue to stretch us. So that you can be pleased with us, God, and get the glory out of us. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. So, God, continue to prepare your people for the blessing that you're getting ready to blow their way. I thank you. And I give you praise. Before I forget, you can send your emails your topics, your community name that you want for us because I'm sticking with assassinettes, although we sound like assassins, but we demon slayers, so what's the problem? <laughs> okay? But you guys can send your topics, your advice, anything that you guys want to talk about and things like that to Saved and Sassy 11. That is Saved and Sassy 11 at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook under Saved and Sassy. That's where I publish um, the episodes as well. And if you want to direct message me, you can find me on Messenger under Cassie Malassi. Again, that's Cassie Malassi under Messenger. So if you want to email us, we are official Saved and Sassy 11 at gmail.com. All right, fam. Can't wait to talk to you later. Bye.